Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your host Gary, Chuck, Just Brian, and Robert Ryan. On episode 42, we talk about what's so good about dungeon crawlers. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. All right, guys. Well, it's great to see you again. Uh, let's talk about some games. And before we do that, though, uh, I think a couple of you guys have some pretty interesting brews to talk about, right? What, what do you guys, uh, Shuck, you have some pretty cool. I, uh, uh, it's pretty stout from what I understand, right? A li- little bit. Um, so I've been trying different beers from around the country, and this one is from Chicago. It's a, a Goose Island bourbon country. Um, the description here is intense aromas of charred oak, vanilla, caramel, and smoke. This thing's fourteen percent. I'm. I hope I can stay with y'all by the end of this. Episode. <laughs> They're not messing around. No, that's a, is, that's a beer and a half uh, for for a bourbon barrel. It's really sweet. Um, I wonder if it's like the caramel part of it, but it. I don't know. It's it's pretty good. I like uh, I yeah. like it, and I've been trying out some new bourbon barrels. Um, this is Goose Island. Goose Island, yes. I'm gonna be looking for this. Note to self: Goose Island. All right. What about what about you, Just Brian? So Gary and I had a friend come over from Dallas and brought us tons of brews on on his way in, and he accidentally mm-hmm. left them at our house. And then and then like a couple nights later, I, we dropped them back by on a game night, and I uh, I took them all back you accidentally for this kept one, it. which I accidentally <laughs> kept one. And then I told him I did it, and I said, "Hey." You're famous because you're on our podcast. No, um, so Ned brought by uh, just tons of different stuff, and the one I kept was a saison, American saison. It's from Boulevard Brewing Company from Kansas City, Missouri. Never had this one. It's Tank Seven, American saison ale. So I love saisons. I don't haven't had tons of them. They're a little bit fruitier than your than your triples, uh, but and and not as um, hoppy as like an IPA. So it's kind of a nice little little mix there. So. I'm really excited about uh, Boulevard Brewing from Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, our good friend Scott Morris moved to Kansas City, uh, Missouri. There you go. So maybe we'll go visit Tank Seven when we go visit Mr. Yeah, I'd love to visit Scott and, and go go try that brewery out. Is that the one that had the quad that I was like raving about and was wanting to fight everyone for the bottle? Oh okay. no, I I I can't remember what the quad he so he, he brought two quads over. I drank both. Um, one was a real L that um, but I can't remember the other quad. He had a Trappist, and then what was the what was the one we had last night? The the Marzen uh, that tasted like a, a smoked campfire. <laughs> it was good, oh, it was so it tasty. Was the campfire yeah. beer. Uh, yeah, it was neat when he uh, mm-hmm. when you have a friend who travels for work and he brought that over for Gloomhaven night and um, we had a. We had a bunch of beer. It was, it was uh, a lot of options. Yeah, that was that was uh, he had some good stuff. I don't know what that one was called last night, but um, we'll have to find out and report on it on the on the podcast next time because um, it was pretty tasty. And uh, proper Brian, I see you've got a uh, you've got the best Topo Chico of all the lime Topo Chico, right? Yeah, Topo Chico with a it says a twist of lime. So I worked outside a lot today, so I got. Uh, a little dehydrated, so I'm drinking water tonight. <laughs> With a twist, I have to, yeah. I have a to twist. Admit, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, beerless tonight too, which is, is not too common. But um, yeah, I, I just for whatever reason, I've, I've had, had some lately, and um, I just man, I had some stuff to do earlier in the day, and I was, 
kind of just not in this in a really weird every once in a while I'll be in this mood where I'm just not in the beer mood right and it, it's rare for me but you know it, ask me again tomorrow I'll be in the I'll be in the mood but yeah <laughs> so what have um what have you guys been playing I know just Brian uh you want there's one game you, you want to talk about in fact we were able to play with Ned uh which was uh Inish right yeah that was the night that yeah it's not that I brought all but the, this beer back to Ned's house and we played some Inish and um, it's, it's an older game that we have loved before in the past, um, but I've only played it uh, two and three player. Uh, this is the first time I played it four player, and uh, I was really excited to do it. I've been working on a good teach for it, and um, and and Inish has been the, – the longer I've gone not playing it, the more it's kind of come up in my esteem. I've really wanted to play it more and more. And so we finally got our four-player game in, and I started wondering about a couple things – um, as a four player game, I really think I need a little bit more time in it because it does change the dynamic a bit. Like a lot of these, these area control games will at four player, but something that struck me is interesting. We recently, us, the four of us have recently played through, um, uh, blood rage and the comparison to blood rage and Inish to me is, you know, you have a drafting mechanic in both. You have the, the kind of shared space, semi-area control of both that can possibly go into a clash with some battles that are really chaotic because they're car driven you know that they you have a power i don't know about and you may have saved it just for this one thing and it and that generates a lot of chaos in the game and the more i thought about it the more i thought man these games share a lot of similarities and and now i'm i'm trying to rank them mentally like, which one do I prefer, Inish over Blood Rage? I think Inish wins out just a hair. I mean, I have a little bit more control in Inish than I do in Blood Rage. Um, it's a little less chaotic, even though I think it, there is still some chaos uh, in there. And it's just unique. The victory conditions in Inish are unique. It's not a set, set of rounds like Blood Rage is. It's when this happens, the game is over. Um, it does... Because of that, though, it does become a bit of a King of the Hill game, which is the comment that came out last night. Um, and I, it, I'm not sure if it came out as like a positive note, but it, it is what it is. I mean, it's the kind of game it is. Um, but I think uh, if I were to look at those two games, compare them side by side, they share a lot of common things, especially their player count dynamic. Um, but I, as of right now, I think Inish edges out Blood Rage for me. Hmm. I don't know what... Uh, has everyone here has played Inish, right? In and Blood Rage now, right? What a, any thoughts on that, guys? I, I feel like I agree with that. I've, I've only played Blood Rage once. I played Inish several times, <clears throat> but I just I I enjoyed. I think just Brian said it. It was a little less chaotic uh, than Blood Rage, and so I mean, if you're looking for you know more chaotic game, then Blood Rage is probably right for you. A little less chaotic is is Inish. I do love the ending conditions in Inish. Also, I like the. It makes you play towards those ending conditions, and uh, it makes you kind of change your uh, your alliances throughout the game as different people approach those. So, um, I think Inish is the area control game like that for me. Oh, what about you, Chuck? You've you've got one play of each, right? At least one play I've... of each played blood rage twice uh, okay. i've played inish the first time i played inish was uh at 
four players and I, I didn't care for it too much. It felt kind of chaotic. And now I'm wondering if maybe I need to play at three or two, uh, blood rage. The first time I played it, I think was at two and I enjoyed it quite a bit at two. Um, four was fine. It wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't anything. I was trying to look here on my, uh, my, uh, 2020 rankings. I was curious where they fell with each other. Um, but I, I kind of agree. They're probably similar-ish to me. Yeah. I mean, I think the comparison is is valid. Uh, I don't know that I – and I don't know that I can say which one I like more. I mean, I've, I have had quite a bit of fun with Blood Rage, <laughs> but it can be a little bit swingy. And, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. – uh, oh, did you find your yeah, ranking? Yeah, yeah. Blood Rage is 75. Inish is 78. <laughs> okay. So they, they hit about that same spot for you. Yeah, and I, I wasn't. I'm not I, surprised I, I, yeah. that they do feel very similar. Okay, uh, that 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 speaks a lot. You know, that says a lot to at least at least where they kind of hit hit on your list. Um, I will say one thing I do like about Inish, they all they both have the the drafting of cards, and in Inish, you know, you know you're you're hopefully kind of careful of what you pass on, right? But those, um, I think they're called Epic Tale cards they kind of bring this whole like unknown element there. Like, Oh, I can get this card that may have an amazing power and you don't know what it is. You have no idea what it is. And it could be very, very swingy. It could affect a battle. It could give me more, more troops on the board at a key time. And you just don't know. So I think if I, if I had to say anything that, that Inish, I'm not going to say I like either one above the other, but if I had to say something that Inish does better than blood rage, it's that by adding, being able to add in cards that, kind of just felt really great like they're just they're very epic they're epic tales i think is what they're called and they were they felt epic like whenever someone played that you were like oh my gosh like there goes that battle we thought it was going to go to brian now it's going to go to ned or whatnot you know <clears throat> um so yeah i mean i still enjoyed it at four but i i think the time i played it at three was was my favorite play of finish what, what do you think about as far as player count um is that where you think it's at, or where where Inish hits best? Probably just Brian. That's that's hard to say. Uh, I need to play it a couple more times at four to make sure it wasn't yeah. just a, a one off thing. Um, my thought is similar to if it is similar to Blood Rage. There's this idea of the fact that there's more turns between your turn. You have less control over the pacing of the round. There's less control of the draft, too, because you don't see the same cards every, you know, two people. You see it now every three people. And so it becomes a little bit harder to plan. And that's where that chaotic element comes into. Now, is it still fun? Yeah, they're both a blast. But um, when it comes to, you know, where is that? that chaos strategies uh, kind of continuum. I prefer to kind of lean a little bit more to strategies. Power Brian or Shuck, I know you guys, we, we talked beforehand, you know, uh, gaming's been a little bit light here lately. Did you guys have any games, like whether you've been playing online or or even even like a phone game or anything, you guys have been playing quite a bit? Yeah, I, uh, I introduced a couple games I've talked about before um, to a girl that I saw over valentine's um the ticket to ride new york and pairs oh man um which she demolished me every time on pretty much every game <laughs> she enjoyed it though that was uh it was it was a good time yeah uh, and and pairs is so so easy and it's kind of it's, it's a great 
it's a great game to play like because you know it's it, you pick it up right away right it's almost nothing to learning the game so yeah it's uh yeah so i'm glad that one went over well for you yeah and i mean other than that i've been playing uh seven wonders duel on my phone quite a bit uh i think it's a really good app for those that haven't tried it out um you- if you like gaming apps i'm not usually a huge fan but when they are vertical i tend to like them a little better we we need to start playing seven wonders duel on board game arena you and i the, the games take 10 minutes or so and uh i've got i've logged like 100 games on there so it, it's um it's fun i still lose it quite a bit even though just because i've played I, 100 games and i've lost most of them i have tried to win the was it the science uh version and i have i don't know what it is but i cannot seem to win on that <laughs> Science <laughs> losing. Science features are tough. I I don't care what anyone says. Uh, you, science features have got to be the least least common victory. I think you stumble uh, into them, right? It's like, oh, yeah. I could win this way. Well, it's yeah, like I, the other the other yeah. person always notices that you're doing it, and then they end up taking it, even if they don't need that card, because it like you get screwed out. Yeah, of because because you don't want you don't want to lose a science victory. Yeah, yeah, I think it's there's a couple key there's a there's a wonder there's a combo you can do that kind of helps make it a little easier. For that. If you if you can get that extra symbol, um, uh, what what is it? You what you do is you get the you get the um, you get the extra symbol by getting an early match with science, and then you get the the wonder. I can't remember what it's called that lets you pick up a discarded card. So even if your opponent discards it, then you go, oh, by the way, I wasn't going to win with science. No, I am. You know, here's the card, right? Um, but it's still tough to do. It's like, it's really, really tough. But when you win with it, it I've only done a couple of times. It feels amazing. Um, yeah. Well, I think, what is it? What is it? If you get the two of the same symbol, you can pick up one of the extra tokens, which tends to, sometimes you'll get the, like that extra symbol. Yeah. That. If you, if you get the early match and then get the extra symbol, yeah, yeah, now yeah. you've only got to yeah. get five instead of six. Right. And so it's so much easier to not so well, it, it's quite a bit easier, but no, still a t- difficult win. I've, I've been getting some game in here and there, but actually what I was most excited about is just this afternoon, I, I uh, taught my wife Maria how to play uh, Oren Labora. One that's been sitting on the show for a while. I played it solo. And then once when my daughter was sick a couple of years ago, I kind of, um, she was a captive audience. She couldn't go anywhere. So I had kind of taught my middle daughter who loves Uwe Rosenberg games, how to play it. This was maybe three years ago. And, uh, I haven't really done much with it since. And it's been on the back of my mind, like I want to play uh, Oren Labora. So I taught my wife and she absolutely schooled me. Um, I thought I was like doing so great. There, there's a couple of different ways to win victory points. Um, it's a little bit of, uh, it's a little bit of Lahav and a little bit of uh, Agricola. You know, there's the resource uh, collection and um, conversion of Lahav mixed with some of the special elements of Agricola, like making your farm. And um she just mastered the special elements way better than me. I here I was like converting all these goods that I've made like into like points, um, points uh, bearing goods, and I thought I was doing amazing. And then I look at her board, and she scored something like 130 points off just like her board. Uh, like, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm uh, <laughs> at least I showed up. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was great. So, and then the good thing is she liked it, and so I'm I'm hoping there's one or two plays for, in my future. So uh, what what you're saying is the the pub is zero and two against the girls at this point. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not doing so we're not doing so hot. Yeah, but um, that's what I, I really hope to play. And actually, man, um, I'm 
next time we manage to get together, the four of us in a room, um, it's one I'm going to bring. I mean, I, I think you guys would like, you know. I'm still waiting on Lahav. Oh, dude, I think you love Lahav. Okay, we need to play Lahav, and then you tra- you transfer that <laughs> into Oren Labora because they, they have some, well, the Uve games, they have some D- shared DNA there. And I think you like both of them. Actually, I know you like both of them. They're, they're, they're engine building, resource conversion, um, masterpieces there. So, Well, enough about uh, dry, boring Euro games. I think we need to jump into tonight's topic which is uh, what's so great about dungeon crawlers. And man, this, this topic was pretty much made for uh, just Brian. Uh, he's, he's been like our dungeon crawling fanatic, our guru. We, we go to him and we have dungeon crawling questions, dungeon crawler questions. Uh, so I, I want to know what you guys think, like uh, in, in good or bad, right? Like what, what, what's so good about dungeon crawlers or what's so, you know, what, what, what makes you not like them? Uh, but I, I want to kind of hear your opinion first, uh, just Brian. First opinion is that you've been playing a lot more of these than I have in the last <laughs> few years. Um, yeah. So I, I think my my seat has been my throne has been usurped, but that's I but still defer to I'm you. I'm okay sir. with that. I still defer um, to you. Well, I mean, so proper Brian, and I share our earliest dungeon crawl experience. I think with Hero Quest, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's as far back as we go. Um, kind yeah. of the old school. The I don't know if there's an earlier dungeon crawl than that that I'm aware of. Um, um, at least not not one that was as popular so um so there's there's a bit of that for me i think and maybe with proper brian too a little bit of nostalgia in there not that we would go back and play hero quest i think both of us would say no to uh to hero quest <laughs> as is but there's you know just playing it as a young person there's a lot of nostalgia uh, a good feel that comes to it that I'm just drawn to them. I, I want that experience that I had when I was a kid again. Um, and, and so I'm willing to play them all, uh, whatever it is. Uh, aside from that, um, I think if you, for me particularly, um, I'm, I'm more of a tactical player than I am a role player. So I enjoy tactics. I enjoy chess, yeah. things like that. And the dungeon crawls give, more of that tactical feel if you think of like final fantasy tactics if you're a video game player yeah. or something like that um it, it it really provides that experience a part or at least specializes in that experience as opposed to highlighting something else like role play like story narrative um even even like pickup delivery or whatever the objective is um, if, if, I, if I'm going to speak to the whole genre of dungeon crawl, I'm going to say the, the tactical aspect is always um, key to making a good dungeon crawl. And whatever that system is, uh, some are better, some are worse, but they, they're all immersive. And, and I, can, I can find myself enjoying at least, at least a session of it uh, trying something out. So. I mean, so you'd say they all all have that tactical DNA, at least, or tactics in their DNA. I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I wouldn't yeah. know. I mean, it wouldn't be really a dungeon crawl without it. Um, yeah. Within the within the dungeon crawl genre, we have two, um, I guess, thematic worlds or, or theaters that we play in, right? And that's going to be either fantasy based or science fiction. I don't I don't know of another 
I mean, I think it'd be cool if we had like a different type of dungeon crawl, but everything yeah. else seems like it's either a war game or something on a larger scale, like a yeah. like a miniatures war game, you know, Warhammer okay. 40k. Uh, what makes these different than that is that they are streamlined. They are uh, smaller in in scale. I don't know. The barrier of entry is low because of that, but you can still get the same uh, enjoyment that that I or I feel like people can still get a similar enjoyment that they get out of the larger tactical games like a like a large war game. Um I a lot of the a lot of the war gamer friends that I have they they play down, right? So so I'll say do you want to come play this game? They're excited to play it and and they're playing down to me but they're still having a good time, you know. And I think it I think that right there speaks to the tactical nature. So I'm I'm curious how like the description of dungeon crawlers how concrete or abstract you get with this so like dungeons and dragons is basically a dungeon crawl but it's very abstract it's all created within the story in your mind it's but but it but it is it has the same concepts as a lot of the modern dungeon crawlers uh just without a board uh i think any role player though would strongly disagree i think specific dungeon crawl requires that tactical map movement nature i think pathfinders might be more similar to a dungeon crawl but still so, not still role play and i think we have to delineate that there is a difference between a role play game and a dungeon crawl game one focuses on thematic storytelling narrative and the other one you could you could throw okay. the narrative out and still have the i get tactical the, the narrative part makes sense uh I, w- I would say the dungeon crawls are probably at least inspired by our uh, role-playing games um the, okay, so now going to opposite end of the spectrum. So, like, what about, like, super abstract style, like, too many bones? Would you consider that a dungeon crawl? I mean, you're asking I'm, me. I'm just, um, how did I become, like, the elect? Because like, that's, like, the local expert. You, you play them all. <laughs> <laughs> I played that one. No, I, I wouldn't say that's a dungeon crawl at all. It's more of an adventure game. It does have a tactical element to it, uh, but it's more of a... Um, an adventure game. It doesn't have um, a and a, a particular object. I mean, oh gosh, man, you should have given me notes before the, <laughs> the so I can think about this ahead of time. I don't want to like be wishy washy. I can see that there are. It is a, still a tactical game. It's still a tactics style game. Probably well, more because you played that one too. Yeah, you played um, that one more in line with what you play on a video game. Sure, uh, but. The modern dungeon crawls are typically the scenarios are typically objective based. Uh, I know not all of them are like that. There are many that are hack and slash, uh, many that are modular. They don't have a scenario specific. I think we got a new one coming out. Um, what is it? Uh, is it Tiny Epic Dungeons? That's very modular, very much kind of a a uh, kind of wash, rinse, repeat kind of game. It and in that regard. It it's still I mean it still classifies I'm not going to say it's not a dungeon crawl but um, many of the more modern dungeon crawls that are are keeping audiences attention are going to be more objective based it's not going to be walk in kill everything you know um, where that's going to be your too many bones situation is usually eliminate everything or eliminate a particular opponent. Um, it's more driven by the narrative and by the tactics. I would call it a tactics game, not a dungeon. 
how do we delineate that? Okay, so it's a Texas game, but not a dungeon crawl game. I, I was just I was just um, curious what, where where that like well I'm having to come up with this on the fly because well, I didn't think I, I'm of that just one. thinking like um, a little outside of the box, just trying to define what what we consider uh you know dungeon crawl yeah, for our listeners. I think for a dungeon crawl though, you're I think most of it you need to crawl for one. You need to be on a map, you need to be moving. Um, everything you do needs to be spatial. Um, that's why I don't think the RPGs work. The RPGs aren't always spatial. So I mean, it's what it's, about? It's like old school Zork. Like I, I. So open what the about? Door uh, and you're not yeah. physically taking an action, spinning the action point to open the door. You just do it, and the dungeon master says, "Sure, you did it." So um, Dungeons and Dragons can get yeah. very spatial if you want to. Uh, people create maps. the The rules actually specify like certain actions, like uh, like fighting has to be within a certain radius, like uh, feet or whatever from a monster. Like some some fighting, like some swords are different. Some ranges you have to be a certain distance. So if you really wanted to and you created a map for it, you can make it into a dungeon crawl with just more of a storytelling element. Hmm. Dungeons and Dragons already has a dungeon crawl game, though. It's a board game. Um, is it Ravenloft? Yeah, well, that was and, created I mean, there's a years others, after, right? though. I, I'm... Right. So, and so what makes that different, though, is that um, it's not abstracted. It's yeah. very, it's very tactile. The, the, the lines are very much defined. Um, it's not driven by a game master. It's not driven by a narrative. I mean, I don't know if you you play a lot of role play, but I mean, you get off track. The game master can get you back on track. Uh, he's more of a storyteller. Where a lot of dungeon crawls will won't have that. Um, you yeah. you win or you mm-hmm. lose, uh, and it's 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 not whether you're playing one versus all or one versus the game. The game doesn't care if you get a good story Makes out sense. of it. Where a dungeon master does care, a dungeon master will alter the what's happening. They might introduce a new baddie because their their heroes are spending way too long at the shop, you know, or are doing a lot of useless things that they spent a lot of time trying to prepare this this narrative for the for the audience. Um, dungeon crawlers aren't like that. You show up. You you play the scenario, and there's conditions to win, there's conditions to lose, and 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 it's very I, unforgiving I, I, in that way. I don't disagree. I'm 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 just posing the question to, you know, d- define what we are. Right. I mean, we need to define what a dungeon crawler is. I, this is this isn't really something that we talk a lot about. So, well, number one, I guess kind of steering us back on the track. I, I realized we could uh, we could talk about what um what qualifies and what doesn't qualify, but let's just let's get back on the track of what makes a good dungeon crawler, right? What are number one, are they good? Is that something, is that a style of gaming you like? And then to go from there, what, what about them? Do you like, or don't you like, well, what, what makes it good or bad for you? I like dungeon crawlers. Like just Brian said, um, you know, my original experience with them was hero quest. And I realized that this next game I'm about to mention isn't exactly a dungeon crawler. And it's, uh, it's more of a hack and slash PC game, but Diablo, is one that uh, when Descent finally came out, uh, it, Descent got my uh, my attention big time because I had loved playing Diablo so much. Um, but at first, 
descent fell flat because Diablo is such a fast paced, like uh, you're running around just doing this stuff. Whereas I think y'all are hitting the nail on the head with what makes a board game dungeon crawler really a, uh, a dungeon crawler is the fact that you have this very tactical, uh, you know, move, pause the action, determine what to do next uh, uh, kind of style of play. Um, it's slower, it's more deliberate, um, but um, that's what makes it fun, right? It's figuring out the puzzle of I'm in this situation, what do I do now uh, with the board state, not just with the narrative state, but with the board state um, and how to use the mechanisms available to me to uh, to beat the, you know, the, the guy running the game or whatever. But I think that's another thing we need to, I wanted to bring up was we kind of have two different styles of dungeon crawl. Now where we have the style where there is no person running the game, it's kind of being run by a, an AI, if you will. Um, and then you have the kind which is like descent and, and many others where, um, you have a an antagonist, you know, another player that is actually acting as uh, the adversary in the game, and they can win, right? Um, and I think that's another uh, key point is, you know, the I think in something like Dungeons and Dragons, the game master wins when the players have had a good time, right? Yeah. And in Descent or a dungeon crawler like that, the game master of that wins when he's destroyed the other players, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, okay, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a really good point on that one. Um, I'm, so I, we're, are we all in agreement that we at least, I mean, not in agreement necessarily, but would we all say that we at least somewhat enjoy the yes. dungeon crawler format? I mean, um, Shark, do you mean you, you've got like zombies hide and it, I know at least maybe, and I think you jumped on the uh, tiny epic um, dungeons, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. that's that's kind of for a separate topic. I got that one mostly for my travel game collection. But okay. but uh, yeah, I mean, like I don't have a ton of dungeon crawlers. I I don't really. I mean, I consider. I know it's not really, but Zaya to me kind of is ish. Kind. I mean, it's more of an exploration game. Yeah. But but it, fulfill, it, it scratches some of that same edge for you, right? Yeah. That. I, I mean, but like, so if we're talking different kinds like zombie side is more of a tower defense style yeah. game where a lot of other ais say for like mansions of madness is the more of an objective base where you have yeah. um well that one in particular you have an app so it's like once you reach certain points in the game it like kind of tells you what to do and divert you into different directions yeah. um which is kind of a more interesting way of an ai versus uh, a mechanism where we have a little bit more control, but not really. The game's kind of telling us, you know, where the pieces are moving and things like that. Uh, so, I mean, I I enjoy dungeon crawlers. I, I think the thing that I I like about them is kind of what Just Brian has talked about on past episodes is I like the upgrading aspect. Yeah. Um, I, I like, not necessarily campaigns per se. That's one of the reasons I like Zombie Side is because during the game, I can upgrade characters in a single campaign. And yeah. so I, I kind of like a, a quick sense. aspect of that. Some of the things I don't like um, are when they become, there's some that, uh, what is it? Uh, Super Dungeon Explorer, I think is is the one of the older ones um, where it has a bunch of 
things going on, like a lot of upkeep uh, where you have to keep track of all the different kinds of effects that are happening to different characters and you got a bunch of tokens you're trying to like put them on the board to say like this person's under this effect and under that effect and he's got this thing going on with them and then you have to like sometimes it can get a little out of hand in that aspect I'd, yeah. i'd like them to be a little more streamlined and simple when i'm playing okay um descent kind of teeters that line for me uh it can get a little yeah. complicated but it's still nice and streamlined um i have not played gloomhaven so i don't know i can't compare on that one i know that one's really popular it's not too bad and it it's it's tracking um tracking status effects and whatnot doesn't seem to be too too difficult for our group at least um i'm gonna say like i i enjoy dungeon crawlers and just about all their forms i i've been thinking like thinking about this topic um i was trying to think of you know, how I could break them into different categories or whatnot, like uh, just Brian was, or Ken, uh, or, you know, was kind of talking about. And I really, all I could think of was more like things that all have in common that, that I think are great. Um, I think most of them have um, a pretty good amount of randomness. Now, what's funny for me is there, I come from like, liking a lot of like Euro games where I'm not necessarily a big fan of a lot of randomness there, right? But somehow in these games, I love checking dice or drawing a card. And it's like why my fate's kind of uh, left up to a card, right? But for whatever reason, it's still really fun. And I think that has to do with the fact that even if it's very loose, they still tie it somehow into a narrative. And then there's that, you know, when things do go right, and, you know, a lot of times there's ways to mitigate the, the randomness or whatnot. And I, we've talked about that even in other games, how other styles of games, how we love to be able to add modifiers or this or that or um, in, in Gloomhaven, you, in a lot of games, you can have um, in Gloomhaven, you can you can make an attack where you have an advantage. So you draw two cards and you get the best possible option. So I think there's ways to kind of kind of mitigate that randomness. But um, thinking about it, I sometimes it's just fun to have some randomness, right? When you know that the game that the randomness is not just solely directed at the players, right? Like the enemies can have a bad turn. Uh, especially like in the kind of AI driven games, right? Or even when you have like the Overlord, like in, in Descent or Imperial Assault. So, yeah, I, I, if I had to say like what makes Dungeon Crawlers great, I would just say the tactical play. And then I would say, um, and I don't know how it was not very, very um, specific, but like the good kind of randomness, right? I know we recently had a, an episode on randomness, but it's like uh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes I, I, I don't want it to run my game, so, right? And in this case, I think it's great. That's that's one of the things I like about this uh, tiny epic dungeons is you have a, uh, I think it's called focus, uh, and you can use your focus at any time to uh, increase the die. Um, of course, focus is good for other things, um, and, and you'll have to rest to like get that back up. But I like the uh, the the concept of being able to modify a die at any point. Uh, yeah. I think is is really helpful, especially on that one, because on that one you have a timer. Um, it like your torch. It's very thematic, where you have a you have a torch that slowly ticks down, and it, it's not that you die in the dungeon, but you run out of light, and you can't see. Anything. Okay, <laughs> there you go. And so yeah, that, that's a good way to kind of keep the game length also from being too right. It, it provides urgency, sense of urgency, and then the games aren't going to be too long, right? Because that torch is going to go out. Actually, I think it's a pretty smart mechanic. I, th- I think the thing for me that makes Dungeon Crawlers great is the immersive experience. Like you're talking about the, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for 
good narrative in games. And so when you're coming into like this scenario and uh, you've got to rescue this guy on the other side of this locked door, but you have to get around all these other guys, you know, go through these secret passages and it, it, it just provides a level of immersion. And then it marries that with a, uh, the, the tactical nature of the game. And I'm a big fan of tactics games. Yeah. Uh, I love thinking through that, uh, you know, that puzzle of how am I going to get there and not die? You know, <laughs> how am I going to get, how am I going to get out of this? And uh, so it just marries those two things, that immersion, that narrative immersion and the tactics and, uh, you know, put a good setting on top of that. And I'm hooked. <laughs> I like, Hopeful. I like really, I, I like finding loot. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, getting like yeah. good loot. Maybe it's, maybe that's what I like about the upgrade system. <laughs> like I find something really cool and I stick it on my player. And then like, now I have the really cool broadsword, the broadsword. How, how's it said? Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. And then it's like, I don't know. I enjoy that aspect of it. That's always really fun for me. Uh, you know, I think every, the, the fact that, probably primarily due to some of that randomness um every episode um, episode every every uh session is gonna be a little different you know uh you one group may say hey we, we encountered this scenario in, in such and such game and um it was a breeze and your group's like man that was the hardest thing we've ever played right um two guys were knocked out we had to drag them back to the you know back to the exit and we we didn't think we were going to make it and you know and the other, these other people could say man what are you talking about like we 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 ace that it was it was easy and you know th so there's there's some variability there i think that the fact that you're it makes that game it makes your gameplay feel like okay that session makes the game feel more like personalized right it's our game oh our our like uh in our our gloomhaven group a couple of sessions ago um we were down one character we who, who could make it that night and um yeah we were laughing uh later on about uh like my character ran in a room i played you know moved my character in a room i'm ready to make this amazing hit and the main bad guy goes invisible and I basically just explode a guy next to him that I didn't even care about, you know, like we didn't need to fight this guy. And so, you know, it, it, like our, our friend Ned was like, yeah, it was like he was swinging that sword around, you know, you know, over his head and ready to hit him. And then next thing you know, he trips, and the guy goes invisible and, um, you know, he blows up another guy. And um, and so, you know, we were, we we're laughing and we we're having this good time and you can you can get that effect, you know, that that same storytelling with some other games, but man, dungeon crawlers just bring it in spades. I mean, wouldn't you, you know, wouldn't you say just Brian, I mean, that that's, that's maybe one of their strongest uh, attributes there. I think, I think we have an intentionality in our group to bring that though. Yeah. Um, you can play a dungeon crawl void of the narrative. Uh, we've done it. We've done it with descent yeah. <laughs> and, and we've, and we've also added it in with descent. I mean, it's, it's really up to the players to bring that to the table. So we've always had great groups, that have yeah. brought that out um and and when they enjoy it they just kind of naturally do it or we can encourage it because you know the first few sessions we're, we're trying to make it happen and and then they they latch on to that that vision of this is what our game nights can be um but uh you you kind of need something like what shuck doesn't like you kind of need the campaign to do that yeah. you kind of need the campaign to tell the longer story um in a lot of ways, dungeon crawls replace what would be a, a role play group for me. And, you know, I always like to have that constant dungeon crawl group. Gary, you have another one online, another group you play yeah. with online, and it's kind of that that group that meets together the same way a lot of role play great 
role play groups meet together. Um, and so I can say, you know, as a, as an uptick for dungeon crawls in, for you role players who have the time to do it, keep doing what you're doing. You know, for those of us who don't, this is like a good alternative. Not that it, it replaces role play because it doesn't, it, it's not a role you, play game. And, and if you walk into it like that, you're, you're going to be disappointed, but you can bring it in, you know, you can sit there and still have, you know, kind of uh, act out your character. You can still kind of, yeah. kind of have fun with it while you're still playing through the scenario and your attributes tactically. So, so would you say that, that the, uh, you enjoy like the more structured aspect of a dungeon crawl as opposed to a role playing game. I do personally, yes, and and I've come from a role play background, so um, I I like again I'm more tactical by nature. I like the chess game. So one thing that's great about Descent that was missing in some earlier dungeon crawls like Hero Quest. Um, Hero Quest wants to give you the exploration aspect of the game. You don't know what's in the room till you open the door. And once you open the door, everything suddenly becomes active in that room. Hero or Descent, on the other hand, laid the whole map out. They said, we're throwing out exploration. You see the whole map, you see all the baddies. But what it did for the bad guy now was it gave him the opportunity to also be tactical. Now you have a tactical bat, a villain who can start making moves with baddies that you don't see and you can't get to early game, but they can go ahead and position. They can go ahead and prepare. And, and he's planning that early game. Uh, he's, he's holding giant poisonous spiders behind a door, but it took him a few turns to get there you know, and you know, they're there too. So it's all kind of perfect knowledge, kind of the way chess is. And that is fun for me. I like that. Um, but that's also, that's also specifically to a one versus many scenario. We actually play our Gloomhaven games where we don't see the whole map on purpose because we're playing against an AI and we feel like we wanted to add the exploration aspect into the game. And, and so it's, it's, it's different, right? Um, I, I think they're all kind of different animals. They work differently and you kind of need to go see what you like and, and maybe you won't dig into Gloomhaven, but maybe you will dig into, you know, some of the games workshop, you know, um, uh, Warhammer quest or something yeah. like that it might be more your steam. Well, so in that in mind, I mean, if, if anyone, unless anyone else has any comments, uh, you want, want to each kind of throw out one or two, Dungeon crawlers you could recommend to uh, anyone listening to this podcast. Um, I mean, does anyone want to start? Kind of throw out a uh, one that you'd recommend. I'll start. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. I'll say if you're going to get one, if you're going to get one dungeon crawl, you should get Imperial Assault. And I've said this before, um, and the reason is it has multiple ways to play the game, and so you're buying one expensive product but you're getting more than one version of the game. You can skirmish with the game if you want to skirmish. That means you and another player go head-to-head -head with a team of troops, and you both have either same or different objectives, and you skirmish. Uh, but you can also play one versus many, like you can in, like like we talked about. You can have one bad guy and a, and a team of four, uh, two to four that go out. And then you can play against an app where it's all everybody at the table is playing against an AI. So I think that's the best bang for your buck. It's Star Wars. Can't go wrong with the theme. I think it's 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 after they've worked out a lot of the kinks in Descent. So there's not a lot of those little, some of the little fiddly issues that Descent has. I think it's probably the best 
one shot dungeon crawl. All right. Chuck, you have one you want to recommend? I'm rather partial to Zombie Side. I okay. yeah. I it's not it's definitely a different game. Like I said, it's it's more of a tower defense style game. Uh you do have objectives, but you have a timer in that the zombies are just going to continue to, you know, pile up on the board. You're just going to get more and more, and it's going to get harder and harder. You're still trying to accomplish your goals, but at the same time, you have this other uh, aspect that's, you know, there's that whole push and pull aspect, which I think I think yeah. I enjoy a lot from some of my Euros, like Agricola, where there's that push and pull tension and and so I get yeah. a lot of that from the zombie side. Uh, it's it's more than just a dungeon crawler. There's a little bit other aspect to it. And plus, you uh, if you're not so much into the long campaign where you have all that commitment and everything, um, you know, with a bunch of different players, this one you can get a game in in an hour or two, uh, depending on the difficulty, and and you're done. And you get a you get a whole yeah. sense of leveling up and everything else that you would with another dungeon crawler. All right. Yeah, that's that's a good game. Uh, Proper Brian, you have anyone you want to throw out? Yeah, I'm gonna go at an angle with this uh, to a game to play with kids. Um, if you want to get into like a dungeon crawl with kids, and that's gonna be stuff fables. Um, I think that it you know it's by the same guy who did uh, Mice and Mystics, and Mice and Mystics was a good game. I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but after playing stuff fables, um. I don't really want to go back to my mystics because I like the system that stuff fables brings. I agree. Um, it's, it's just a really good uh, action selection system based on dice that you draw out of a bag. Um, and the, the way that the minions move and everything is just easier to track and it's just, it's quicker and it's more fun. Um, so stuff fables. Yeah. And speaking of games that are different, proper Brian, um, I think, I didn't think about this before, but Arcadia Quest is a dungeon crawl that is different. You know, kind of how you know, kind of geared towards a particular audience. The way maybe, maybe uh, the um, Plat Hat games are geared towards a younger crowd. This one's geared towards people who really like more take that. So yeah. instead of one versus many, like we talked about, or or many versus an AI, this is PvP. It's all nasty teeth biting. My team versus your team versus your team and still objective based, but um, I'll never forget the story. We, we tell it often because it's funny. Yes, please. I tell shut it. the door on Gary in the uh, in the closet. He's fighting a giant hammer beastman in some kind of small China. I thought closet. you were going to come in there and try to steal the kill from me. <laughs> right, exactly. He, he, he runs by. It looked like I was running the door in. and then runs Can down I, the hall and shoots. Well, no, I don't just run. I don't just run and just close the door i smile as i close yes. the door yeah kind of wave a little bit and then as i'm passing by and then i shoot proper brian in the face yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah. it like uh that was beautiful something a little different right um it's it's kind of a, a a kind of dungeon crawl that that skirmishes the way a skirmish game does but also gives us some uh npc objectives yeah. which is pretty unique but it's for a particular audience not everybody's going to dig into that so yeah, I am. Um, yeah, you know, and talking about um, just games that are just just a little different. The Gloomhaven play, the the card play of that is different than that. Most of these games we're talking about are using dice or something like that. Stuff Fables dice system is phenomenal. Uh, but you know, I would say um, 
if you're if you're interested in more of a little slightly more kind of Europhil, I don't know if it's right to say it's a Europhil, but that the same kind of card play strategy. Of course, there's Gloomhaven and Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. But if we're throwing out games like that, we really we kind of we really enjoy ourselves. Um, and you kind of mentioned uh, Warhammer Quest. Warhammer Quest recently, um, or I guess it was maybe in 2018. It's hard to get your hands on it now, but they had a um, that sci-fi version, Warhammer Quest, Blackstone Fortress. And what I like about it is it's very much what what um, stuff Fables does. The the dice allocation system is is really cool. And as you take wounds, you you lose spots to put your dice. So now you're less efficient. It's it's how it. That's how it models the fact that now I'm wounded, I can do less things, right? So it's not that I have less health. My health is is, um, is the four dice I have in front of me, right? So as I take wounds, I take two wounds, I, I can't do as much, right? I roll, I can roll one of those dice to try to um, to heal my wounds, but certain wounds can't be healed until the end of the mission. It does have a little, it does have a campaign in it, but it's also got a lot of kind of one-off, you know, you can just do a one-off delve and you draw these random cards sometimes it's a challenge sometimes it's a combat so there's one that's got a little bit of different dna but yet it still harkens back to warhammer quest like the 1995 edition which is shares a lineage with i believe uh, hero quest and uh, advanced hero quest so it's kind of funny how it kind of bridges it has some of that dna but then it also has some kind of new interesting things and so if I had to pick one that, um, that I, you know, if you're able to get your hands on it, they have a new, a new, um, a new version coming out, a new Warhammer quest coming out. And I've, I've been saving up my pennies. So hopefully I'll be playing that with you guys at some point, but yeah, I would have to definitely recommend uh, that series. Well, I think, I think we've talked about some excellent games. We've had, an, I think we had a good discussion as far as uh, kind of what, what are dungeon crawlers and what some of the things, the aspects we like of them. Um, it's, I'm sure we'll be talking about dungeon crawlers. It sounds like we all do, at least in some form, enjoy them. So I'm sure that whether it's talking, you know, our top fives or uh, just games we're looking forward to or whatnot, I do think we'll be uh, talking about dungeon crawlers in the future. So uh, maybe we'll revisit some of this stuff in the future. Who, who knows? But uh, I, all I can say is I've certainly enjoyed talking about it with you guys. I actually took some notes um, on games I need I need to play. So or I need to play again. So yeah, as always. Uh, thanks for getting around the table to talk about some board games, guys. And uh, until next time. Keep crawling. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thanks for listening to the Bug Meeple Podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at pubmeeple.com. Our website, www.pubmeeple.com. Home to the board game ranking engine. And always remember, support your local breweries.